Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here and Darren over there. We're your two old bloggers. Been talking about the Minnesota Vikings publicly for over two decades apiece. Basically since... The internet went public back in the late 90s. Yes, it's been that long. And we <laughs> love it. That's why we do it. Today, we have three themes as usual. First one's going to be, how effective will Alexander Madison be? It's a good question. I think he will be. I don't know about Darren, though. We'll find out. Second one, we're looking at, what is the future of Ezra Cleveland? As all of you know, Ezra is one of my boys. I love the big round bellies, and I loved when we drafted Ezra. So we're going to take a sort of an in-depth look at where he might place after this season, where he places now, and where he might place after this season, so that we can figure out where and how much. And then the third theme, we're looking at defensive redemption. Can this defense be redeemed can it redeem itself i like i use the word three times there <laughs> will it get better under brian flores we're going to find out next on two old bloggers vikings first and skull presents this week in vikings land with darren and dave your two old bloggers Hey, everybody, it's Dave here again, Darren over there again, and today is a special day. I don't know if you saw it, but the lovely and beautiful Miss Mary posted it. Today is Darren's birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday, buddy. How you doing today? Ah, 54 years young, Dave. Just just, just great, and thanks, Mary, for, for posting that. It's uh, always uh, I appreciate people reminding me how old I'm getting. <laughs> well, I want to welcome everybody that's here today. Raymond, 
Mr. Bob Swede, of course, the lovely and beautiful Miss Mary Yogi. Good to see you there, buddy. After last night, long time no see. It's great to join you on your show. Dr. Proto, who else am I missing? Travis, good to have you, buddy. And uh, am I missing anybody else? There's Jonathan. I always love when Jonathan comes on. Of course, Davy Chains is here with us. He always supports us, and we appreciate that, Davy, so very much. And we welcome you to today's show. We, and if I missed Raymond, I'm sorry. Raymond, you're there too, talking about being too hot. It's uh, 40 <laughs> degrees Celsius here down here, Darren. I know it's probably Ooh. cooler up there. Only only eight, 19 or 20. Yesterday it was 27, though, and everybody was like, man, it's so hot here. <laughs> but all- all relatives, like you'd you'd be killed for twenty seven now. I would whereas love it. I would 20, love it. It's just what you're used to, right? We're not really used to. If it gets to like thirty Celsius here, it's really hot. Uh, forty Celsius, wow. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even remember what that would feel like. Hey, that's why we uh, greatly appreciate the individuals that built air conditioning. It's a yes. godsend. All right, today's show, we're talking uh, Vikings 2023, Madison's breakout, Cleveland's fate, and the defensive redemption. I love that word. You were the one that used that word originally, and I love it. So let's get going with theme one. Alexander Madison, is he going to be effective? One of the questions we are all asking ourselves, Dave, and also thanks everybody who's given me the birthday wishes below. Um, uh, appreciate it. Um, anyway, uh, we'll ignore what Doctor Proto just said there. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the uh, Alexander Madison. Uh, I don't know if people. Some people may have remembered. Uh, it was back in maybe April. We got dug into like started going into positional units for the Vikings and kind of looking at a crystal ball. Who'd we keep? Who would we keep? Who wouldn't we keep? And r- when I did the running backs thing, I was pretty convinced. Well, maybe not 100% convinced, but my feeling was that uh, the Vikings would find a way to keep Dalvin Cook at a reduced price. They let go Alexander Madison, and Madison wasn't going to be interested in coming back anyway because he wasn't going to get the play if they're going to keep the cooker. Well, we get into free agency, and early in free agency, to much to my surprise, Madison re-signs with the Vikings for really not a whole lot of money. And at that point, we're like, well, hmm, they can't be keeping Cooker if, you know, there's no reason Madison <laughs> is going to stick around. So the, the Vikings, of course, we know that they tried to trade Dalvin Cook, weren't successful in doing so, and ended up having to release him and get yeah, nothing I, for him in, in June. We uh, think they botched it overall, but yes. Um. You know, but they got some cap space that way, but not as mm-hmm. much uh, by by delaying till June, but not as much as they would have got if they had traded him and they would have got something back for him. Anyway, th- what's done is done. But at that point, here's then I'm thinking, okay, uh, Madison, they're keeping Madison, but it's going to be a running back by committee uh, where you're going to have Madison and then Ty Chandler is Madison's going to be 1A, Ty Chandler potentially or potentially Dwayne McBride, who they drafted. Or maybe even, you know, kick off returner extraordinaire Kenny Wongwu might get in there, mm-hmm. and and one or one or two of those guys would get between them would get ten to fifteen 
carries maybe uh, per game and Madison would get the rest. Well, at OTAs and then at the the, the mandatory minicamp, Kevin O'Connell, KOC, went out of his way to mention that Madison is taking ownership as a three-down back. Uh, so it looks like the running back by committee thing, there is not going to be a running back by committee thing, at least not now. I, I'm not I'm not so sure with that. I think he calls him a three-down back because he can play all three downs. Right. I don't know the split. And I wanted to look yes. and I and I didn't. How many how many rushes per game are the Vikings currently taking? Last year they did a 60-40 split on pass rush. But how many carries was that per game? It's over a 20. good question. It was over, yeah, it was it was I think it was around 21-22 per game was the Let average. me look it up real quick. Well, you and, keep talking. And and Cook got 75% of the offensive uh, carries or snaps, and Madison mm-hmm. got the other 25%, and, and Chandler and Wang Wu didn't get any except in mop-up duty and in the Chicago game. Um, so that's how that thing that shook out last year. Uh, it, it, it looks like, at least from what KOC is saying, like you're, you're a bit skeptical, but it looks like Madison might get, right now, he's in line to tote the rock. 18 to 20 times a game if, if he's mm-hmm. the number one guy. And so the question is, is Alexander Madison a legit bona fide number one running back uh, in the NFL? And it's a great question because we're not sure. Um, I think that he, he, throughout his four years, his, his cumulative stats are 404 carries, 1,670 yards, and which works out to a 4.1 yards per carry average. The 4.1 yards per carry average, eh, you know, it's that's average, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and as long as, and, and so that those are the cumulative, cumulative stats over his four uh, seasons in the league. Um, I mean, the things that we know about Madison is that obviously, clearly, he's not the explosive home run hitting threat that Dalvin Cook was and still is his longest career rush run is 48 yards in the four years that he's played Dalvin cook in his six seasons in, in Minnesota, uh, five of those six, he had a run of at least 68 yards or more every season. And the only season he didn't have one that long was in his rookie year. And he only played four games and then he blew out his knee and he didn't play again. Uh, so cook big home run hitting threat, Alexander Madison, not that type of, of running back. You're, you're not going to see that on a consistent basis or at all, I think. And I think the other thing is that, uh, not news to Vikings fans, but again, Madison uh, Madison is not, he, he's not going to be the runner who can like stick his foot in the ground and like make a quick cut left to right and make a tackler miss when they think they've got him dead to rights, like Dalvin Cook could do. He's not going to accelerate by guys who've got angles on him and get that extra yard and pop out. And I've also seen criticisms, not something that I can comment on because of the my X and O's deficiencies in football, but <laughs> I've, I've, I've also seen criticisms that Madison doesn't have the, 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 the running back vision that Dalvin Cook has. He can't see those creases, uh, you know, opposite to where he's mm-hmm. running to, he doesn't have that running back vision that elite running backs have. Um, so, so, you know, whether you agree with that or not, I don't know, but those are, are some of the criticisms we have and, and some of the things that I've seen from Madison in the four years he's been a Viking. Now the pluses are that he's a real tough, tough 
running from what I've seen. Not that Dalvin Cook wasn't either, but I've rarely seen Alexander Madison get knocked back by a tackler. Uh, and, and, and I've never, I can't remember a time where I've seen Madison go down on the, like the, the first tackler takes him down, no problem at all. It's usually a struggle. So he's a guy that he's going to get you the tough yards. Uh, I, I want to know those, who just hit the thumb down here <laughs> a couple seconds ago. Uh, but when it comes to Madison, believe it or not, he had a higher elusive rating by PFF standard than Cook did last year. Now, and I did look up how many rushes the Vikings had last year. They had a total of 405, which works out to just under 24 per game on that 60-40 split. Now, let's see if the Vikings mix in a little bit more and bring that number up or not. They can still be a pass-first team, but it's going to be interesting to see if they do that. And that also included a few of the everybody else that ran it. So if yeah. he gets 20, that's a lot. And we're going to see. And I don't know if people noticed when I popped up that one slide a little bit earlier. Not that one. Uh, he has started... I think five games, and they're up there. Yep. And during those five games, he averaged 145 total yards per game. Most people don't know that. Now, most of it was over 100 on the ground and then another 40 in the air. So, and I always remember when he did play those games, he took a while to lather up, as we'd say in the business. And hopefully he doesn't have to take that long with the KOC offense to ladder up before he's that productive. If he's that productive, if he's doing 145 yards a game, we're golden. There's, I don't see anything to worry about because I don't think Cook did that much last season at all. So, no, but we'll and, see. And that's only against two teams, Detroit yeah. and Seattle. But now, five games. Now, yeah, the, the one thing I didn't mention is and you bring this up reminds me, but I didn't talk about uh, Madison's pass rush, uh, pass catching ability. And my, my observations, and again, in the time that I've seen him in the four years is that he's got good hands. He's good catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, again, not as dynamic as cook was when he get the ball. Uh, he's probably not going to take a, like at the Colts game, take a, a swing pass and take it 70, 80 yards. Or like we saw against green Bay two years ago at Lambeau when, mm-hmm. when he, you know, was dipsy dude for 50 plus yards on, on a simple <laughs> screen pass, but he's still, you know, he, you know, he's got good hands he, and he can generate good yardage on uh, screen passes. Uh, I remember two years against um, Detroit, he took one into the end zone, uh, you know, 20, 30 yards and, and showed good, uh, you know, good elusive. He was mm-hmm. elusive on that one, made a couple of guys miss. So Alexander Madison is, is solid in the running and the pass catching uh, side of things. And like you said, he's done well when he has started uh, last year. And in the three of the four years he's played, in the NFL, according to PFF, again, he's had a grade of 70 or above, which mm-hmm. is, you know, is good. Uh, and, and cook in his six years has had only done that three of his six seasons, according to PFF. So a l- little bit of comparison there, you know, I'm not, I, I think that, you know, I'm not as, I think, I think we know what Madison is. I think you're right. Like last year, um, and his yards per carry average has been dragged down a bit by the last two years, in 2020 and 2019, his yards per carry average was 4.5 and 
4.6 and 4.5 respectively in those years. So he's proven that, you know, he can do better than just four yards or three yards in a cloud of dust type of thing too. I think that um, he's got enough track record. I've seen enough from Alexander Madison that if he, if he is going to be the, the featured number one running back, Dave, that I don't think the Vikings running game is going to crater with him in there. Now, is he going to be as fun to watch as Dalvin Cook was? No. Is he going to be explosive and have that home run hitting ability like we talked about earlier, like Dalvin Cook? No. But, but is even he with be Dalvin Cook. And efficient? That's the question. Yes. And exactly. And last year, as good as we, as we, you know, as great as Dalvin Cook is, we know last year the Vikings had a ton of inefficient runs, a ton of negative yardage runs with, with that, that Dalvin Cook had just himself. We led the league in those areas, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and you now that, and that leads into the other thing that's going to um, be, well, I think dictate whether how successful the Vikings running game is and how successful Alexander Madison is, is the offensive line. Uh, really last year, I think the last couple of years, we've really struggled run blocking and, and pass blocking too at times too. But la- last Especially year, I just didn't see, but I just, last year, I did not see, feel that we were an effective run blocking team i didn't see uh you know a whole lot of holes for dalvin cook to run through a lot of times and you know alexander madison he's gonna need a crease or two you need the five guys and the tight ends to create some running room for your running backs or else it doesn't matter whether you're adrian peterson jim brown or whoever (laughs) well see now this is what shows the difference between pff and football outsiders dvoa As most everybody knows, Darren and I also like to look at the advanced stats. And when we do, we like to compare them and brings up questions as to why do they match what we see with our eyeballs, you know, and as Drew would say, you know, what we feel with our head and all that other stuff. And uh, I don't know why Drew isn't here today, but I'm sure he'll watch it. Hey, Drew. But the whole idea of PFF, PFF grades the blockers individually. Right, So they're going to grade Cleveland or Ingram or Derisaw or, you know, Bradbury or O'Neal on each individual play and whether they win their block or not. And that's how they come up with their grades. And last year, believe it or not, PFF, at the end of the season, had the Vikings O-line ranked 13th. And that's sort of shocking. This year, going into the season, they have them at 15 because a couple teams moved up ahead of them, right? But they had them, their grades were, Derisaw, 90.2, elite, when it comes to run blocking. Ezra Cleveland, 80.3. That's not good. That's very good. Garrett Bradbury, 72.4. That's good. And Ingram, 63.4 average-ish. But as we all know, Ed got better over the season as it went. And then Brian O'Neill at 82.4. That falls into that very good area. They had him there. And that's the individuals, right? And they cuddle that all up, running in there, you know, eight ball of deal and go, hey, they're coming up. We rank them 13th overall, or we rank them as going into this season 15th overall. And he goes, yeah, but Dave, why didn't 
Dalvin Cook get more yardage then if they were that good? Why we should have done better. Well, part of that is scheme and play calling. Part of that was Dalvin Cook. you got to put on. Now, this is where football outsiders looks at things differently. They're looking at the production. Yes. What is that line production-wise contributing to? And they're they're using those numbers more as a whole. And they had the Vikings as 25th. The offensive line is ranked 25th. That matched more of what we saw. Yes. Right? On production-wise. But it, I find it interesting that PFF thinks individually these guys are doing their job and they're doing it well, or well enough. But when you threw it all together, it was not well enough. It was down at 25. And I find that very, very interesting. And that, oh, not only was it at 25, DVOA had our run game at 28th. So I had the line better than the run game itself. That's why when we talk, why did we get rid of Cook, right? Cook has that explosive home run stuff. We all love that. But there were so many times that he was not getting that, and we understand why they wanted to go on for it. We think Alexander Madison's going to be more efficient. He may not get that, you know, 66-yard run, but if he's getting three, four yards at a whack, it's leaving third and short. The whole playbook's available, or second and short, third and short. And KOC can open that sucker up, and we can go. And that's what I'm betting on this season. I expect the line to be even better, and I expect the run game to be better because of that. But it's interesting to see how the difference between PFF and Football Outsiders DVOA. And less less negative, inefficient runs by the Vikings as a as a as a whole, and by Alexander Madison in particular, will make the running game like more effective overall. Even if we're not getting that eighty one yard run mm-hmm. once every five games, like we got with Dalvin Cook, we're but keeping overall alive and not going three even, and out. Yes, and there was a lot of three and outs last year too. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I get, but like still that the the the, the the feature back thing, Dave, only lasts as long as, as Alan Zadner Madison can hold on to it and prove that he's worthy of that. And it'll be interesting to see in training camp or in the preseason, I don't think we're going to see Madison play very much. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of Ty Chandler. You're going to see a lot of Dwayne McBride. If he's healthy, you're going to see a lot of Kenny Wongwu. And KOC and Wes Phillips are going to look and see what those three dudes can do with the playing time that they have and whether – and and they will judge how much confidence they have in those guys to go to them more if Alexander Madison and the Vikings running game is not doing what they expect them to be doing. Or if they uh, add that little extra sparkle, right? And Ty Chandler can do that because he's, he is, he does have the speed to take it to the house uh, and, you know, take a, what could be a five yard run and take it, make it 50 yard or 60 yard or not quite Dalvin cook like, but he's got that four, three mm-hmm. something speed uh, so does kenny wangwu but we aren't so sure about kenny wangwu's ability to read blocks and that sort right. of thing <laughs> yeah. well and it's uh, uh it's gonna be interesting because i could as a if i was coaching i'd do yes let's do efficiency boom 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 all right we've moved 30 down, yards down the field we're not midfield ish let's uh let's change things up a bit 
Hey, it's an obvious pass round uh, play. Chandler, you're in. And have it set up to look like a pass. Turn around, hand off to Chandler. Ba-boom, right? And if he can do that, that little added sparkle, as I said, this offense, I still believe this offense can be top five and it can be special. But I think Madison's going to be that the workhorse and the fact that he's getting you that three, four, five yards at a whack and not going backwards. And that's, yes. we need that in the run game. That brings us to the end of theme one. But before we go on to theme two, there's some questions I want to answer. Davey, right before we started, asked me, Dave, what you sipping? <laughs> Dave is sipping Devil's River bourbon. It's a small batch bourbon. It is distilled down in San Antonio, so it's got that Texas funk. And they pride themselves on iron-free water that comes out of limestone around here. We're in the hills country that runs all the way up, up and down this part of Texas. It's it, it's a wonderful, wonderful whiskey. It's, I don't I prefer the TX better, but this is this I would have no problem drinking this. It is very, very good. It's got the Texas. You are having no problem drinking it. No, not at all. And I had no problem last night either. <laughs> but anyways, but for everybody, we missed welcoming. I know Dan popped in afterwards. I think there was a few other people. Skull for life. Welcome, welcome to the show, Justin. Good to see you, my friend. We need to talk about podcasts. And let's see, what else have we got? I think that's about everybody. If I missed you, I apologize. Don't mean to. Christopher Dawson, welcome, welcome, welcome. Positive yards on run plays. Yes. Makes things work. You got that right. This was his post earlier. I agree completely. Dalvin never got us that. You're right. 100%. Welcome to the show. Devin Rinaldi over there on Facebook. Another good Italian boy. Anyways. <laughs> It's on to theme two. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. We'll talk about Ezra Cleveland's future. Well, yes, Dave. I, we haven't even gotten into the 2023 season yet. Uh, so it might seem a little premature to talk about 2024, uh, but um, the Vikings have, as all NFL teams do, the Vikings have a lot of impending free agents coming coming up, mm -hmm. uh, set to hit the, hit the market in 2024. And over the next, mm -hmm. yeah, over the next, I think uh, over a third of the roster mm -hmm. uh, will be are set to be free agents uh, next year. But uh, I, I'm over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to look take a look at here and there at different uh, impending free agents and some whether some of those players and whether the Vikings can and should re-sign them uh, in 2024. And the first guy we're going to look at is 
Ezra Cleveland, a starting left guard uh, for, for the Vikings. And, uh, um, you, you know, uh, Cleveland is an interesting case because um, here's a guy, he's been the starting left guard for the Vikings for basically two and a half of his three seasons in the NFL. Uh, and um, very modest cap hit right now, 3.3 million. Uh, he's got a base salary of 2.93 million. Entering a contract year in his fourth season under his rookie deal. And of course, he's going to be looking to get a new deal and make much more money than he's making now in that deal. Uh, the Vikings have, and it was mentioned uh, below uh, by, I think, uh, by somebody that, you know, you know, the Vikings' offensive line as a whole, it's all made up of first or second round picks. Um, high, highly drafted guys. And at some point, when you draft guys that high, if they become what you hope they become, they're going to be in line for big extensions when their rookie mm-hmm. comes up. And, and we like know that's every going to happen with Christian Derrissaw, and it's already happened with Brian O'Neill. Brian O'Neill, yes. And as is every position, uh, you, you positional unit on an NFL team, you cannot pay all pro money to all the guys on that unit. At some point, you, you usually you can have one high caliber player that you pay big bucks to. But sometimes, depending on the unit, not two, and definitely not three or four. And so, on the offensive line, you've got five guys that made up the start, the starting, make up the offensive line, and the Vikings are going to have to make some decisions on who they keep and and who they retain. And like you said, right now they're already in, in investing a lot of scratch in Brian O'Neill. He's got a cap hit of almost twenty million. Christian Derrissaw will soon be joining him and making more than him mm-hmm. uh, in a year or two. And, and so with the question with Cleveland is, are the Vikings going, should they, and can the Vikings afford to sink more financial resources into him when his contract, when his rookie contract comes up? And Cleveland is an interesting case because all over with the, with the, I think with the Vikings offensive line, I think most fans can agree that it's been a bit of an underwhelming unit for a number of years and Cleveland has been underwhelming at times himself. Um, Part of the reason is, is that, you know, he came out as a tackle and he's learning. So maybe part of his struggles were that he was came out as a tackle. They Viking switched him to guard. So he's been learning a new position. And the the opposite side guard to right guard at that time, no less. And so, you know, that could be an issue, but also, Coming into college, the scouting reports on, on on Cleveland were very mobile, very athletic. Doesn't quite have the, but he can't handle power. He doesn't got a good. He doesn't have the strength, and so they move him inside, where you're routinely facing guys who are 300 pounds or more and are big, strong dudes. <laughs> yeah, and where strength, especially, is needed because you are leveraging. Massive human beings, and as a guard, you need to be stout and strong to control them in a small space. A tackle, you can use leverage and speed to deflect or, you know, move somebody off their normal pass rushing trajectory, if you want to call it that, their route. You can't do that at guard because there is the space to do that. You have to physically battle them one-on-one, and that's tough. It is, uh, and and I think that Cleveland has struggled with that. But last year, again, we're going to use PFF grades. You got him down there. But last mm-hmm. year, he had seventy three point four PF or seventy three point five PFF grade in twenty twenty two, which is again pretty good. That's the best that 
that he's done. And, um, it, and it showed, and I think that it showed that, uh, you know, Cleveland is starting to improve. This was, I think, his best season of his three as a, as a, as a pro. You can see it going NFL. up in the gray bars yeah. this year. And if he keeps that same trajectory, that's where he's going to be. So we'll find out. So that's encouraging. You're seeing a guy who's improving, consistently improving. And uh, as he enters a contract year, again, you have to take a look at that and decide what's he worth and is he worth worth keeping. I think with Cleveland, you know, they again, the resources, what are you going to put into it? Well, the good thing about Cleveland is, is that though, while he's improved, I think he hasn't gotten to like the elite kind of Steve Hutchinson type of level at guard where if he hits free agency, he would command humongous dollars that Kwesi Dofamensa not might might not be willing to to invest. So I, I think he's a guy that, depending on how 2023 goes, like if he really balls out in 2023, he might price himself out of the Vikings consideration. But but you know, I got the feeling that I, I don't see with Cleveland that he's a guy that's going to be a stud. I, I, I'd love to be proven wrong, particularly this year. But <laughs> I would too. But I think. But I think he's going to going to be a guy who I, I think he's got more to he can get better. But he's going to be a, a guy who's going to be a solid, steady, interior guy for you, not an elite all pro kind of guy who's going to command huge, huge bucks to resign. So that's good for the Vikings. The other thing that's good about the Vikings is that 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 according to Pro Football Focus, and I've seen this in a couple other areas, that Gene. 2023 and 2025, they're set to have, as far as available cap space, they're gonna, they rank projected right now to be ninth in the NFL in available cap space, which is good. Now, yes, Christian Derrissaw extension, the Justin Jefferson extension, and depending on what they do with Kirk Cousins, <laughs> you know, that will eat that will eat into that available cap space. But Quasi Adolfo with his contract maneuverings. Uh, with his shedding of vets, with the way the people that he's signed on in the past two years, he's set up the Vikings cap space to be much healthier than it has been previous years. Uh, so the Vikings will have cap space to sign a guy like Ezra Cleveland, who isn't way, way out of your price range. That is good. I think the other thing is that with Ezra Cleveland is that um, the Vikings have right now this year, depending on when Brian O'Neill gets back, you're going to have the same five starters that started last year. So good continuity. So he's got a good situation here where the offensive line, all these guys know how to play with each other. They're used to playing next to each other. They know what they do well. They knew what they don't, they know what they don't do well. I think they should be a good cohesive unit. So there's a good opportunity for success here for all of them, including Ezra Cleveland. I think that the Vikings as a whole, if ever Ezra Cleveland doesn't totally have a terrible year, I think when free agency comes, uh, they're going to value that cohesiveness. They're going to value the, sol- the solid kind of play that an Ezra Cleveland brought them in 2022 and hopefully brings them in 2023. And I think that he's a player that Kwesi Dofamensa is going to value highly because he, he's a good, solid player, but he's not going to cost me a ton to retain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, Kwesi's looking for value for money. And I think Ezra Cleveland can give you that. Not a super duper star, but a good, solid guy who can make an offensive line you know, better by being part right. of that. He's unit. not, he's not a top five guard, but no, believe it or not, he's top 10. And, and I guess the other good thing about it is with price points is that because he's a guard and not a tackle, uh, guards don't tend to get the big, huge 
free agent contracts that a tackle would if they got to free agency. Like yep. even guys like that that fought in the offseason, I'm thinking a couple of examples, Ben Powers, Isaac Suomola, they signed free agent deals. Powers went to the Broncos. Suomola, I forget where he's he's gone, but they didn't sign like break the bank to the Steelers. Deals. Yeah, they didn't sign – predictably Sumola didn't sign break-the-bank deals, but they were pretty highly coveted guards in free agency. So when you look and at their deals – See there, Powers is at $13 million and and I say, as you can see there, a lot of people are going, Dave, it's too small. I can <laughs> zoom in. Oh, look at that. Um. Ben Powers, $13 million per year. That's that right-hand column on average. Whereas Samello, $8 million. And if you look at their age, Ben Powers is 27. Samello is 30. It takes a while to learn to play offensive line in the NFL. There's an adjustment from college, a big adjustment. And as I've always said, it takes three to four years. We've seen steady growth by Ezra. Ezra, as it sits right now, is, uh, where's my chart? Here we go. Ezra is 10th overall in offensive grade. That's amazing. At 73.4. You can see he's strong at running at 79.7. That's hot. I mean, that is good. His problem is pass blocking. If he can figure out the pass blocking, he is going to be very, very good. And on there, you see at number 12 is uh, Samola, however you pronounce that, who went to the Steelers. He was ranked 12th. By the way, Ben Powers at 30 years old, that's making that bigger paycheck, ranked 50th overall. So we can expect, I would expect, that Ezra Cleveland, even if he stayed steady this year, will be a $10 million guard. The only thing that a team will help with the negotiation is his pass blocking. But there are a few teams out there that run first. I can think of Atlanta being one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's a few. I think the Titans may be too. But it's all going to be up to this guy. Well, Ezra himself and this guy. Well, yeah, it's it's up to Ezra because if he is out, if he gets notoriety and has an all pro year, and everybody's talking about how great he's playing a left guard, his price tag is going to go way way up, and then it might get too much for the Vikings with when they have to consider what are we going to pay Justin Jefferson, what are we going to have to pay T.J. Hawkinson, what are we going to have to pay so and so Christian Darrisaw, but. Uh, assuming that he has a year similar to last year, and that would be fine with me. Uh, I'm happy if it's mm-hmm. better, but uh, you, you know, I think that his price tag is going to be much more reasonable and doable for the Vikings with the cap going up, and 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 the fact that they've got more cap space than they've had in recent years to spend. And I think also the Vikings have to look at again valuing what you have instead of if you let Ezra Cleveland go, you've got to find a replacement for him. The Vikings roster right now, I'm not currently seeing who's the guy who's going to go in there and give you a level of play similar to what Ezra Cleveland gave you last year. 
uh, right now. So if you don't have it on the roster, you've got to go get it, which means you've mm-hmm. got to go to free agency, which is going to cost you maybe more or just as much or more as, as retaining Cleveland, or you got to draft his replacement. Now the Vikings, in my mind, the next two drafts in the, and they're, uh, if, if the Vikings, the Vikings next two drafts, they have a defense defense is a, they've got a target that I believe, and they got to spend high early premium draft picks on impact defensive players, not your interior guards. <laughs> if you already have an interior guard who can get the job done and do it well, which Ezra Cleveland looks like he can do. So I think that's another thing that Quasi Dofomens is going to look at and he's going to say, hey, I don't want to draft Ezra Cleveland's uh, replacement if I can keep Ezra Cleveland <laughs> at if a reasonable price. If I keep Ezra Cleveland and then take his draft pick and go pick another defender because yeah, i need because i need to get an edge rusher i need yeah. to get a an in and 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 i need an outside edge rushing linebacker i need a defensive end who can get do something i need an inside linebacker who can replace jordan hicks i need maybe i need another cornerback i maybe i need a safety to replace harrison smith there's a lot of things you might need on defense i think you're going to need uh I don't think if you can manage it and if Ezra Cleveland can play at the level he played last year, I don't think you want need to, and you want to be replacing him. I, I think you got to look at, at resigning him. If, you know, if it's a price uh, figure that you're comfortable with, and that's why I think that the Vikings will, uh, will make a strong push and will end up resigning Ezra Cleveland at the end of the season, provided that he plays at a level that they feel is, is acceptable and makes the offensive line that he doesn't decline and i expect improvement yes now if he goes ball to walls and becomes a a pro bowl left guard and it might get expensive i'd still be for keeping him but it still might it could get expensive yes Mm -hmm. no i'm all for it hey i want to welcome some folks new folks that come in part of the purple gang Skull Mafia and Rap, I saw you in there. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show that never ends. We're about (laughs) ready to go on to theme three. And here we go. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Redemption. There's a lot of it required for the Vikings defense, uh, for sure. Um, they were not good last season. Not and not good the year before either, or, or the year before that. Um, haven't really had a good defense since 2019. But Vikings fans know that uh, they're well aware of the 
you know, they're all well aware that of the gobs of yards and points that the Vikings gave up last year. 28th overall in points given up, 31st overall in yardage given up. And the, the Vikings defense may have been almost single-handedly responsible for making Daniel Jones a wealthy, wealthy <laughs> young man uh, with the, with their performance and the way they let him pick us apart in the NFC wildcard game uh, last year. Do you year think he sent home. them a thank you card? He better have. He better. Mm-hmm. When Ed Donatel got fired, he better have sent Donatel like roses, his favorite <laughs> liquor, whatever. <laughs> because, man, that that uh, yeah, uh, there was. I did not expect Daniel Jones to get the contract. He did. Uh, well, he's a quarterback, so he's going to get paid. But I didn't think the Giants were going to be the were one. going to be the yeah. be the one that did that and they did and uh, good good on him and uh, <laughs> but i i hope he sent like him like donatel like a ten thousand dollar check as well or something because <laughs> uh, because uh, ed donatel made him a lot of money yes, um, but did. anyway uh <laughs> donatel's calling yeah. where's my commission yeah, yes. Uh, hey, is there an opening on the defensive staff at the Giants? <laughs> I might be able to get on to. Uh, but anyway, all jokes aside, um, for the Vikings, I, to me, for me, for the Vikings, if, if they're going to repeat as NFC North champions, if they're going to avoid being a one-and-done NFC wildcard team, get back to the playoffs, the defense, I think, has got to be at least somewhere in the middle of the pack uh, at least. next season. Uh, and but how are they going to do that? If you if you look at the way the Ross, the offseason and the roster and the way it was constructed, like, I don't know. Like, yes, we signed Marcus Davenport, but we let go one of our better players, Patrick Peterson. Uh, now, I'm okay with that gamble because of Peterson's age, but you know, the Vikings, because of their salary cap situation – because of needs ahead on all all sides of the bo- of, of of the offense, defense, whatever, you know, they did just just didn't have the coin to really go into free agency and spend a whole bottom, bunch of money to bring in potential impact players on the defensive side of things. Uh, so you look at their roster, you're looking at it and you're going like, hmm, like how can this team be better? I'm not really seeing like where the talent fusion is coming from. You've got a bunch of unproven guys in the secondary outside of Byron Murphy. Uh, you've got linebackers. You, you got rid of Zedaria. You traded away Zedaria Smith. So who's going to go in for him? Uh, you know, Marcus, Marcus Davenport, uh, the defensive line is a defensive line. You know, <laughs> where sure. The, the main reason for optimism, I think with the, with the Vikings having a better defense is Brian Flores was hired as your defensive coordinator. And we were hoping that, Flores with a very aggressive blitz heavy scheme is going to make uh, the Vikings defense harder to figure out for opposing offenses and harder to play against for opposing offenses. Whereas last year they knew, they knew what, what we were going to do <laughs> mm-hmm. better than I think the defense did. Right. And I think him using who's best for the situation is going to be a good thing, right? Say Metellus, will come down into the nickel, and they'll keep Murphy on the outside because that's best dictated by the wide receivers they're trying to defend. The next game, it might be that Murphy moves in on the inside and we have Evans come in on the outside. It's it's all going to be, that's how he plays, it's how he coaches and how he schemes up, is I'm going to put the best out there for the 
particular against that particular team and against situations. And I think that's going to be confusing for the quarterbacks because they're not going to be, hey, I didn't see that last week on the tape. Well, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to do that. And I think it's a good deal. And I think this, I think Flores hopefully is the way to defensive redemption through, you know, into this season. You know, you know, having said that, still, Dave, you know, players are the ones that are making plays. Yes, the the, the, the defensive coaches put you in position to make those plays, but the players got to make plays, and you got to have good players, impact players, to make those plays. And, you know, I don't see a lot of that on the Vikings defense right now. Daniel Hunter, yeah, for sure, if he's on the team. <laughs> you know, But you think of San Francisco, hey, you know, Joey Bosa, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> comes up. You know, Eric Armstead. Fred Warner, you know, you can mention the three or four other names. So when you think about the Vikings, it's Daniel Hunter and probably nobody else. So Flores is there. That's, I think, a a good hire. But uh, I think that there are a few things that in order for the Vikings to take that jump and that leap to get to at least middle of the pack, there's a few things that the the coaches are going to have to figure out and the players are going to have to figure out that that are going to have to fall on our side and work out for that to happen. Um, uh, and I think the, the, one of the first ones is, is that you've got Daniel Hunter up there, mm-hmm. but we're still not sure, uh, assuming that he's on the Vikings in 2023. And that's a big assumption right now, but assu- assuming he is one thing that the, that the Vikings have got to figure Sounds out is contract. they've got to, yes, he is, uh, the, the Vikings, somebody on the Vikings has to emerge as the other pass rushing threat besides Daniil Hunter, somebody that the defenses uh-huh. have to account for on a consistent basis. Last year, Zadarius Smith played really well the first eight games of the year and was a terror. But at that point, Daniil Hunter was pretty quiet. Um, and then Daniel second Hunter half of the year... learning that new system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and second half of the year, it, it, the, the, you know, it switched. Zadarius Smith was Got a very boo-boo quiet. on his knee, bruised knee, yeah. and then Daniil stepped up stepped up but it seemed like opposing offenses really only had to account for one of those guys and devote a lot of attention had to worry about one of those guys for half the year not for both of them for the whole year uh so that's where you know this year marcus davenport you hit him up earlier but he's been signed we think he's gonna he's gonna be the guy who's opposite of daniel hunter if he plays with the team at, on the edge like Denia, uh, Davenport has to like he, either he has to be the guy that emerges as the number two pass rushing threat, or it's DJ Wanham or Patrick Jones. One of those three have to step it up and become a guy that opposing offenses have to account for and have to devote blockers to and scheme for. Uh, so they just if they don't, then if Hunter is on the team, then it's only going to be Hunter they're going to have to worry about on pass rushing situations. And I think well, that's really going to. Cur- curtail what the, the production of hunter and the, the whole production of the pass rush in general mm-hmm. you can't have well, hunter and just a whole bunch of other guys contributing very little right and you want the other guys contributing a lot yes, yes. double team hunter go right ahead but make sure davenport takes advantage of that and gets mm-hmm. his numbers now davenport's uh on again off again his history is great year then he gets injured bad year great year injured bad year great year he's on the cycle where this year is supposed to be his great year we'll see but if jones or wanham can step up as well 
all that helps. And then you can move, because we talked about it when they signed Davenport. You can move Davenport into the five technique and keep one of these guys. Then you got three pass rushers on the line, considering whoever's at nose tackle is technically not a you know a pass rusher. It's not gonna be Tonga. Tonga, you know, Tonga is wonderful there, and it's not gonna be Phillips. Phillips is wonderful there, but you're not gonna be those guys aren't pass rushing specialists. No. You know, you're not expecting a lot. You may get a couple, two or three, which would be nice, but you're not gonna get a whole ton. As long as they hold the line there and maybe push it back, that would be sweet. You want the your pass rushers, whether it's that one five technique and both your edge rushers, if they can start knocking it out, you can get over fifty, you know, fifty sacks and a whole ton of pressures. Pressure's key. But these guys gotta step up. The question is, will they? And that's all comes down to you know, Flores and his defensive line coach and how they implement that. And I'm hoping that this season we're going to see a difference than was happened last year with Ed Donichel. <laughs> oh, the old Donichel joke. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, somebody emerging other than Daniil Hunter, assuming he's on the team as a, as a pass rushing threat, that, that I think that's big for the, the Vikings defense. Uh, I think the second, uh, second thing that I really am going to be, I think is important is a slot corner. Now, last year, Shannon Sullivan was our guy. He was terrible at it. Um, <laughs> 34th out of 44 players who played in the slot. Uh, he was 34th out of uh, ranked 34th out of 44 players who played sometime in the slot. And, and in, as far as the yardage he gave up per play, you know, I think that he wasn't retained, rightly so. But the question is, you know, who are the Vi- the Vikings still? It's not clear to me who is replacing him in that role. Uh, there's been some talk that Josh Metellus, a safety, will play in that in some play in the slot in some cases. Uh, we've I've heard that maybe Mackay Blackman, the rookie, will be playing slot. He played slot quite a bit at college. Or is it going to be Byron Murphy who? we think should be the outside guy, but he's got a lot of experience in the slot. Uh, either of those, wh- whoever it is, the main guy, or if it's a, mitch- mitch- a mishmash of all three, the slot corner has to be effective last year because when Shannon Sullivan was playing last year and Mackenzie Alexander the year before, year before, we were really weak at slot corner. Teams could always know we'll attack the nickel guy, the slot corner, and we can get a free completion and keep the chains moving down just by targeting those guys. doesn't matter how good Patrick Peterson is playing on the outside or Cam Dantzler or Duke Shelley. We don't even have to target those guys because we can brutalize the Viking slot corner. And if we don't get improvement there, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to, again, if you don't get improvement there, teams are going to always have one spot that they consistently target and keep the chains moving and keep the first downs coming. So I think slot corner that's got to be better this year uh, for the oh, Vikings. without a doubt, because the defensive backfield is sort of like a weak link system. The offense is going to attack the weak link, right? Yes, you can have shutdown guys on the outside, but if your slot guy is giving up catches every single time you throw that way, slot guys won't get any balls. You know, what we talk about cornerbacks in the past, whether it be Xavier Rhodes or whoever it was, they go, "Hey, I'm better than that." Patrick Peterson last year. I'm better than that. They only threw to me twice that game. Why? Because they were thrown to the weaker coverage over on the other side. 
They knew I could defend it, so they threw over there. And that's something that Flores has got to figure out. Who's the best in that position to do that per game, per situation, and put them there? And it's going to be interesting to see how that works out because it's not going to be what we're used to. I don't think it's going to be what we're used to definitely under Donishel, but I, don't, I think even with Zimmer and Zimmer's great defenses, we're not – he had good players at certain positions, and they schemed up to where it made it work. Except for the last two years, when they got his defense and defense gutted. It's going to be interesting to see how Flores does it, and who does actually play slot. Is it going to be a fixed person, or is it going to change game to game, play to play, drive to drive? I can't wait to find out. True, and uh, you, you, the, the, I mean, there's something to be said for having somebody play that position all the time and consistently, and they, you know, they get used to playing a lot and and know how uh, how things work. But but yeah, maybe it's it's a better idea if you don't have a true legit or you're not um, true legit slot corner that you're totally can uh, comfortable with that you mix and match and mm-hmm. base it on the opponent that you're playing, which seems to be what Flores is is uh you know has indicated he would do all over the defense is that uh you know um you got to be multiple and we might we will using multiple guys in multiple roles doing multiple things right do you uh, want a but, safety in the slot that might help with say tight ends bigger wide receivers or a corner who might help with a speedier guy say they got a third wide receiver that's fast the safety may work better in one situation whereas the corner may work better than the other nah, that's that's what i'm talking about and make it happen make it so make it happen so talk two things so far a pass rusher that emerges as a as a guy uh, who's a legit, legitimate threat opposite of daniel hunter assuming he's on the team and you know get the slot corner thing fixed out i think a third thing that i'm watching for is at uh that i think the vikings Something has to positive has to happen there is at inside linebacker, and it's with Brian Asimo. We we're pretty sure that he is going to be given the starting job that uh, Eric Kendricks starting job opposite of vet Jordan Hicks. Um, and you know I'm very excited to see that because you know Brian Asimo was a heat seeking missile at Oklahoma as a as a college player a guy who was a sideline rangy sideline a sideline guy created all kinds of havoc for defenses with his speed his ability to do different things coverage blitz you name it he could do it um that's what he did at college the question is can he be that player at the NFL level because there is some doubts with his size he doesn't have the typical inside linebacker size but if he is the guy who's going to start opposite of Eric Hendricks, Brian Asamoah has got to be that impact player because uh, if he isn't, then the Vikings have a problem at both inside linebacker positions because Jordan Hicks last year uh, wasn't that great in my opinion. And at his age, he's 31, I believe. I'm not, I'm not really uh, very optimistic that he can really rebound and be a better version of himself (laughs) at this age. Uh, So we need, Brian Asamoah to be that guy creating havoc, to be the rangy sideline to sideline guy who can do multiple things and create all kinds of uh, 
headaches for op- opposing offenses like he was at Oklahoma. Uh, if you don't get that from him again, you're going to have two big, I think, weak spots at the inside linebacker, and and that's not going to be good, and that doesn't bode well for the Vikings having a, an improved defense in 2023. Um, I'm optimistic that Brian Asamoa can be that player, but he played very little as a rookie. So we really don't know what he's got uh, as a pro. Uh, I I think we're going to find out at preseason. We're going to get to see him uh, and see how Brian Flores is going to utilize him, I think. Uh, But Mm -hmm. he's he's a a question mark right now, and he's a question mark that's got to turn into a positive answer (laughs) for for the Vikings defense uh, as a whole to take that leap forward that I think they need to take in order for the Vikings to become more than a one, uh, to be a playoff team and be more than a one and done playoff team in 2023. Correct. And he's got to step up with pass coverage where Hicks does not Hicks. I just looked up Hicks. Hicks is great. Hicks was great at run defense, 80.2 per PFF, but his coverage skills is what sucked. And that's where Brian Asamoah, he has the speed to do it. He's going to be, have to be able to not only cover the run, he's got to be that all-round mm-hmm. linebacker like Hendricks used to be, where he yes. can not only attack the run, but also cover on the pass. And this it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, he was out part of last year and didn't play a whole lot. But when he did, it was promising. So I can't wait. And he's a presumed starter, so... We should and, see it early, and hopefully, and they not. have yes, and they have nobody that is an obvious person who could beat out Asimov for the job. I, you know, we added Troy Reader, but uh, if you look at his grades in his pro career, not very impressive. <laughs> but no. so he's a backup. Troy Dye's a backup, <laughs> and on and on it goes. William Quinku's a the backup. You know, we um, a guy who, who we don't know a whole lot about had didn't had to get to play very much other than on special teams. And we don't know what his promise is. Uh, so I think, yeah, pretty important that Asamoa is uh, He's gonna be a the player key. that we, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if they want to pull Hicks off, they can drop a safety in, right, to yes. replace him. Bring in another safety because we're heavy on safeties. And guys that can play in the box, the the hybrid role. They can bring that the safety in, bring Hicks out during obvious passing downs, put us, uh, an extra safety in there, they're fine. But the key is that he stays in and he can excel. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of, I think there are several other things that you could look at that the Vikings have to improve on to be a better, much better defense in, in this season than they were last season. Uh, I didn't even get into like tackling, which I think was poor last year mm-hmm. by a number of players, but I think, uh, but the, you know, individually, mm-hmm. you know, Individual individual players and and certain guys stepping up in certain roles, I think would be that we just mentioned would be very helpful for the Vikings in getting, you know, in, instead of being a bottom feeder defense, at least being league average defense. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's it's it'd be quite optimistic to think that they're going to be anything better than league average uh, based on the talent that I see and how they played last year with the talent that that they that is back the from last is year than last year. Oh, way better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you don't, yeah. And it's, and you can just imagine if you have a league average defense and the offense is the top five offense we're kind of hoping for, what 
you know what that could mean for the Vikings. That's going to get us to the playoffs if that's the case, easily. So, and hopefully deep into it. Mateo, I want to agree with you. Let's uh, be honest. If your name isn't Harrison Smith or Daniel Hunter, you don't trust them. That's the whole idea about this is that Brian Flores has a whole bunch of young guys and guys with potential, right? Like Davenport, that he can make a name for himself, obviously go on to his next job. However, I hope he stays for two years, please. (laughs) <laughs> that uh, he's got to mold. This defense is r- really, you know, they talk about, well, the Vikings rebuilding or not real be- rebuilding, competitive rebuild, blah, blah, blah. The defense is in full rebuild mode. It has been since prior to KOC when Spielman started gutting everybody. And it's needed. Those guys were old and they're starting to age out. So, We've got to give him time to develop. I think Flores is the best person that could possibly be to help develop those guys into stars that so at the end of the season we can say, hey, it's not just Smith, it's not just Daniil, it's also Davenport, it's Asamoah, it's Evans, it's Murphy, it's Metellus, you know, playing in this, it's Cam Bynum stepping up and cementing his role next to to Smith. It's Lewis Seen coming in to replace Smith next year. Stuff like that. That's what we're looking at. We're in that transition period from good to great defenses under Zimmer and 17 and 18-ish time period to now we're rotating into the beginning of a new one. And it's that transition period that has us a little queasy. Not sure what you know to make of it, but we think more than a little. With this guy, (laughs) it could be quite promising, and we're hoping that it is the case. For anybody I miss saying hello to, I see Matthews on there. Mateo, I saw you posting. Great to have you back, my friend. Welcome to the show. But we're at the end. That's right. There is no more today. It is just that. We went over our three themes, talking about, in the very beginning, Madison stepping up as the number one running back. We talked about, in the second theme, how Ezra Cleveland's going to look, how how he can make money for next year, and will he stay on the Vikings, and could we get a discount if he improves that much, as I hope he does, because I think he will be a good one. And there at the end how the defense can redeem itself. So it's a good thing. Matthew, yep, you bring up that, all that wonderful dead money next year. Get it out of the way. I think that's their plan. I think it's, we'll take the bullet, but we'll be in good shape. But we'll take the bullet. They're planning for it and get that stuff out of their way. If they extend Kirk, hopefully it's because he took us all the way. If not, bite that bullet and let's move on and continue have the defenses already started in that, you know, changeover? The offense is mostly changed over. We're young across the offensive line. We're younger at our weapons. The only place we're not is QB, and that will be obviously the number one issue in next year's offseason if Kirk Cousins doesn't 
get us way, 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 way deep, if not all the way, in the playoffs. So that's what it is. On offense, on offense, Dave, I don't think the Vikings have a, an offensive starter who's over 27 other than Kirk Cousins. Uh, I hadn't I hadn't thought about that until you brought it up. I think O'Neill is twenty seven, maybe twenty eight. Maybe. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, but there, other than that, it's, mm-hmm. they're young. Other than that, where be T.J. Hawkinson's young? You know, J.J.'s obviously is. K.J. is. All the wide receivers are. Your line is. Madison's the youngest running back on the team, even though he's been on the team. This is his yeah. fifth year. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah. it's 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 we're setting up pretty good. I I look forward to it. And like I said, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a fun preseason. And that starts rookie support the 23rd vets and along with the rookies you get the the quarterbacks and along with the sixth and lame, they'll be there too. And I think the snappers, the centers, and then 25th all the rest of the vets come. They report in, and everything gets going in earnest, I think, on the 26th, which would be fun to watch. In the meantime, we have coming up this week, July 12th, Netflix's Quarterback, where we all know that Kirk Cousins is one of the three featured quarterbacks. It's due to come out Wednesday, the 12th. I think the 12th is Wednesday. We're going to walk. Uh, watch that and talk about it next Sunday. Darren, I hope you have Netflix. Um, I do. Because I want to watch. I want to see the behind-the-scenes stuff. That should be fun. Tomorrow, we'll have the real Forno show. I'm sure Tyler will have something planned. He hasn't told me yet, but it should be fun. And we'll go with the normal you know, weekly schedule from there. And we're glad that everybody made it here today. We appreciate you coming. We love you guys. We think the Vikings community is the best in the freaking country. Best out of all the 32 NFL teams. And why would you be, want to be with anybody else? Any last words, everybody? <laughs> uh, Matthew was talking about, uh, I think, for defense. I just wanted to note uh, that he talked about there's a lot of hoping and praying, uh, and we didn't acquire a lot of talented, young, cheap players. Um, and I do. You know, I do uh, agree with with some of that for sure. I think the, certainly there is a lot of hoping with, particularly on the secondary side of things right now. And um, but I, I I think you you know that uh, acquiring cheap young talented players, uh, if they're talented, they're not going to be cheap. <laughs> uh, you know, so I think the only the only way you can do that is draft and develop. I think if you're acquiring young talented players through free agency, you're going to pay through the nose most of the time to do that. Like uh, how Chicago did with Tremaine Edmonds. Do you want that kind of a contract? Uh, <laughs> you know, I guess Chicago was okay because they had like a gazillion dollars in cap space, but we did not have that. So there, there are some realities that you have to look at. But uh, but I but there certainly are a lot of question marks on the defense, and that's why. And I brought some of those up, and there's others too. And uh, and yeah, um, Brian Flores is going to earn his money this year, Dave. Uh, mm-hmm. He gets this defense to like league average. The guy probably is a head coaching candidate for the Bye following man. year. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I hope he doesn't. I want him two years. That way, once he leaves, yes. two years. 
then we get the draft pick for him. So that's why yeah. I want him two years, and I want him two years influencing how the defense goes, and then training KOC in that as well. So that's yep. why I want two years minimum. Keep my fingers crossed that happens, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yes, Mateo, I would have loved to have drafted, especially Winfield Jr. before, but hey, it happens. With that, what do we say? We say Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And rate us on your favorite podcast aggregator. Darren and Dave, thank you for watching this episode of Two Old Bloggers. We look forward to seeing you on every show on the new Vikings First and Skull. You can find our podcasts as part of the Fans First Sports Network. Sports takes for the fan, from the fan. Skull, everybody. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production.